we are very proud of our youth pastor. So would you tune in this morning and give your undivided attention to Pastor Ronnie as he ministers the word this morning? Pastor Ronnie, would you come? He's going to preach this morning. God bless you. We love you, Pastor Ronnie. Take your liberty. Thank you, Pastor Josh. I appreciate it so much. I don't know about you guys tuning in online, but I am so ready to be together with my church family. Some of you may have enjoyed the time away and some of the downtime and, you know, being able to rest and relax at home. But my personality is more like, you know, I like to have people around. I enjoy time, you know, quiet time and being alone and stuff like that. But my personality is where I get more energy from the more people who are around me. And so um, pray for my wife. My poor wife has had to fill in that gap. And, um, and so, uh, but yeah, I just love to have people around me. So listen, guys, I know that you're excited to uh, get back to church and so am I. And I know that we are going to have one kind of an amazing celebration. Isn't that right, Pastor Josh? We're going to have an amazing celebration together. And I just want to say thank you so much, Pastor, for the opportunity that I have today to bring the word. Um, it means so much to me, and, I, and I'm very honored that you trust me with the responsibility of bringing the word this morning, and I do not take it lightly. And so if you could turn with me today in your Bibles to Mark chapter number 10, I'm going to start in verse 17. If you can just turn to me, turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 17, and it's a very familiar passage of scripture. You guys will recognize it immediately. And I'm just going to start in verse number 17. And it says in verse 17, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and he knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. The man said, teacher, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. I want you to think about that. Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing that you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God? I'm going to pray. Father, we come before you today. God, we just thank you. God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to, to preach your word, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, for the people that are watching. God, I thank you for our church. God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would take this pandemic away from us quickly, God, so that we can all get back together, Lord. And God, we just pray that you just anoint this word, God, and anoint the words that I have spoken, that I speak today, God, and anoint the ears to hear it. And we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So growing up, I never lived more than just a couple of blocks from my grandparents' house. And I remember riding my bike to their house all the time. I would ride my bike almost every day to my grandparents' house. And in the fall, it was, the fall is my favorite season. And in the fall, I remember um, riding my bike over there and my grandpa would always be doing yard work and burning leaves. And I remember the smell as I rode my bike up as he was burning the leaves. And I just could not wait to see my grandparents. And Oftentimes, I'd stay the night with my grandma. I remember as a kid, I would cry and cry and cry until my grandmother would finally agree to let me stay at the house. And so when I stayed the night, I had several things at my grandparents' house that I would look forward to. When I stayed the night, I always would look forward to the Archway molasses cookies she'd keep in the cupboard. 
She always made an awesome breakfast in the morning. She always had all kinds of food on hand, and my grandma would call me the human eating machine. And as a kid, I didn't really know that it would catch up to me later on in life, but here it is, and here I am. But it eventually caught up with me. But And, you know, my grandmother, we would always play card games together, too. Um, and our favorite card game to play was Old Maid. We played Old Maid together. Uh, but the biggest thing that I always looked forward to with my grandparents and my grandma especially is the TV shows, the list of TV shows we would watch. I remember watching WCW Monday Nitro with my grandmother, and she loved a wrestler named Lex Luger. They called him the total package, and we would watch wrestling together and watch Lex Luger body slam people. My grandmother loved that, believe it or not. And we would watch shows like Jake and the Fat Man, Murder, She Wrote, Unsolved Mysteries, Magnum P.I., MacGyver, Chips, and of course, my favorite was Columbo. I always loved to watch Columbo with my grandma. It was about this disheveled homicide detective. He'd always come on the scene and he kind of looked all sloppy and he was wearing a dingy trench coat and he was smoking a cigar and he'd get the chance to talk to the perpetrator and he'd question him. And just when the guy thought that he was going to get off and just when the guy thought that he was going to go free, Columbo would just stop and say something like, oh, and just one more thing. And consequently, that one more thing that Columbo would always kind of end the scene with was the one thing that would incriminate the suspect, and it always broke the case wide open. So there was, uh, when I read the story of the rich young ruler, when I read it, oddly enough, I always think about a Columbus or a Columbo episode. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about the one more thing when you're sitting at home, just say the one more thing. The story of the rich young ruler is about a man who undoubtedly has heard all about Jesus. He's heard about the miracles he's performed. He's heard about the family he's come from. He's heard all about Jesus because many, many people were talking about all the things that Jesus was doing, all the miracles, all the, uh, the things that they have seen him do, the, the feeding of the 4,000 and all the things that people had done, the feeding of the 5,000 and all the stuff that Jesus had done. And when this man came to Jesus... We can deduce from the scriptures that this man most likely was a Jewish man. He referred to Jesus as a good teacher, or in some translations, he called him master. And he indicated that uh, he observed the law of Moses. So we can kind of deduce that this man was Jewish. And he came to Jesus asking what seems to be a very straightforward, a very honest question. And a question that I believe everyone wants the answer to. He said, how can I inherit eternal life? Amen. To give a little history to this story, I want you to think about this for just a minute. This is a time of great persecution and devastation among the Jewish people. People are under the foreign rule and of the Roman Empire and the Herods and Jews were driven to poverty and their land and possessions were plundered by the Romans and the king. And ancient historians have recorded that during this particular time in history, there were very few privileged Jews because of the, because of the oppression that was brought upon them by the Roman Empire. There were very few few wealthy Jews and very few privileged Jews and um, most likely there were if you were a privileged Jew in this time and in this uh, area uh, sometimes that it would it would kind of indicate that in some way you were complicit to the Roman government and Roman rule and your beliefs had kind of swayed over to to kind of see things the way that they saw them and their beliefs would kind of have um, overtaken your beliefs as a Jewish and in some way some small way you would have um, if you were a privileged Jew in the time, it kind of, kind of appeared as though you had turned your back on the Jewish community. 
in a way. And so this man comes to Jesus and he tells him uh, that he needs to, and Jesus tells him that he needs to obey the commandments. And this young man says to Jesus, yes, I've obeyed all the commandments since a boy. And while this man seemed to have some element of pride about him, he knew that there was still something missing, amen. He knew that there was still something missing that was going to keep him out of eternity, was going to keep him from spending eternal life with Jesus. And this is exactly why he come to Jesus. And something we can learn from this man is that we should always be asking ourselves, we should always be kind of examining our hearts and saying, what's the one more thing? What is the one more thing that's keeping us from God and what he has asked us to do, keeping his will out of our lives? What is the one more thing? And I want to talk to you, there's very, there's quite a few things that could have been, that could, this man could have been dealing with. There's a lot of things that he could have been dealing with, but I just want to highlight just a few possibilities this morning. If you have a moment, I just want to highlight just just a few possibilities. I want to talk about first, number one, I want to talk about the fear that he must have felt when Jesus asked him to sell everything that he had, give it all to the poor, and follow him. He must have had fear. The scripture says that when Jesus told him that he had to, that he had to sell all that he had, uh, he walked away because he had many possessions. We can only assume that the man never obeyed Jesus' demand because he was never mentioned again in scripture. Uh, maybe he, we, we can think about, okay, maybe he went away sad because he had to sell everything and give it to the poor. He had great possessions. Maybe that was uh, the case, but most likely not because he was never mentioned in Scripture again. Uh, but most likely um, what happened was that he walked away and never did what Jesus had told him to do. There's no doubt that this man was afraid to carry out Jesus' request because he had most certainly seen the wake of poverty and devastation that was inflicted upon the Jews by the Roman Empire. So there's no way that he wasn't afraid to give up all that he had and possibly lose his life by turning his back on the Roman government. Oftentimes, church, I just want to say and remind you that oftentimes fear keeps us from God's will in our lives. Amen. Fear of people, fear of failure, fear of judgment. The list goes on and on. You can, you can, uh, if you uh, succumb to fear so easily, you can lose out on God's will for your life. Could fear very well be the one thing, the one more thing that's holding us back from experiencing God's perfect will in our lives? Is God calling us to give up something that we've held on to for so very very long in order to follow him more closely. Ask yourself that question today if you're watching. Since becoming a youth pastor, I've always said that there is no greater honor, no greater privilege than following God's will for your life. The sacrifices required to become a follower of Jesus may, may cause fear. What if we can't make it? What if we're not enough? What if we can't pay the bills? Someone once told me that if we follow our own dreams and aspirations, we may be blessed. But if we follow God's will and God's plan for our lives, he will bless us. And how much more different is a blessing from God, is God's blessing, than us reaping our own blessing for what we do. Amen? Think about that. Also, I had a professor one time, Vernell Ingle, in college. He said that, the one, that one of the major things that keeps the gospel from going forward, that keeps somebody from preaching the word, is fear. Fear is also something that keeps them from following God's will in their life. And so I want you guys to think about the blessing that God will give you for following his will. Now, I also believe that we should not just think about that in, in a selfish way and think, you know what, I need to follow God's will because he's going to bless me. But this is, the, this is 
the consequences of following God's will. This is, this is what happens when we follow God's will. He automatically will bless us, and we will be prepared and equipped to do what he has for us. And we will be blessed if we follow, you know, some of our, some of our wants, some of our dreams. If we want to be a doctor, surely we will, if we follow through and go through the eight years of school or whatever, surely we'll be blessed. But listen, there is no greater honor, no greater privilege than it is to follow God's will for your life. Amen. And so I encourage you to 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 scan your heart, to scan um, and to kind of examine yourself about what is it that's keeping me from following God's will in my life? Is it fear? Am I afraid to go and do what he has called me to do? Do I not have enough faith to believe that he can provide for me? Do I not have enough faith to believe that God is in my corner and that he will provide and make a way where there seems to be no way? Amen? Number one is fear. Number one, I think, is fear is one thing that could possibly have kept this rich young ruler from following everything that Jesus had for him. Number two, I feel like sin. If you're sitting in your Barca lounger there today, say sin with me. Contrary to what the disciples most likely thought about this man. As scripture goes on, they were really perplexed and really surprised that Jesus had told this man that he had to sell everything. And they told, and when he said that, um, that it's difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom, I believe that they were looking at this man as, as a perfect man or, or as higher and above themselves. And so they were really perplexed and shocked that maybe this man might not make it to eternal life with Jesus. But I want to say this one thing. He was not perfect. So in Matthew's account, Jesus told him that if you want to be perfect, sell all that you have, give to the poor, and follow me. In this context, perfect meant something like wanting nothing, completely righteous, having no evil or worldly lusts. Most would assume that this man's sin was idolatry. Maybe he loved his money more than he loved God. And that absolutely could be the case. But consider this. Maybe this man felt guilty for having some part in the problem that faced his Jewish people. Under the Roman rule, taxes were raised. The people had given up so much. Their land had been stripped from them. Okay, tolls and fees and mandatory offerings were put upon them by the Romans. And so maybe this rich man felt guilty for being a part and complicit with the Roman uh, Empire at the time. This is just a possibility. I'm not saying that he was not uh, privileged in his own right, but most likely what happened was um, he was some way complicit with the Romans. And so maybe this rich man just felt guilty for being a part of the problem that kind of upended the law of Moses in the time. So whatever the man's fault, there was sin in his heart. Everybody say there was sin in his heart. Sin will keep us from God's will in our lives. I promise you that if you are harboring sin in your life, you may be, God might be having favor on your life right now, but eventually your sin will find you out, I promise, and sin will absolutely keep us from following God's will in our lives. We need to be checking ourselves often and asking the Lord to reveal any ill intent that we might have in our hearts. And we, we must be asking him what is keeping us from him using uh, us to our full capacity. Amen. So number one is fear. Number two is sin. These are just, these are just possibilities that, have kept, that may have kept this young rich ruler from following Jesus. Number one is fear. Number two is sin. And number three is pride. Everybody say pride with me. I can't hear you, but I believe you're saying it. Amen. Say pride. Yes, pride is also a sin. Isn't it, Pastor Josh? Pride is also a sin. 
But another possibility of, of, of the one more thing that kept this young man from following Jesus was maybe the pride that he held in his heart. This may have kept him from eternal life that he was talking about, his pride. He simply didn't want to give up what he had. He simply, uh, he worked way too hard to accomplish all the things that he had. His family had worked way too hard to give them, to pass down maybe what he had. And so he was, he might have been too proud, too proud and too prideful to uh, do what Jesus had told him to do by becoming by humbling himself and selling all that he had and following Jesus on this earth and so pride can keep us from accepting the call of God on our lives sometimes I've heard of people I I have a friend of mine who um, had a very lucrative career and he really felt like and he was doing ministry part-time and he felt like you know I feel like God is calling me to full-time ministry he was a part-time minister in the time but he continued to hear the call of God in his life and he had to leave a very high-paying job to go and follow God's call on his life. And the people thought he was crazy. You're crazy. You went to school for several years for this. You went to college and you have now accomplished this. And here you are thinking about possibly taking a huge pay cut to go and follow God's will for your life. And he said, I will go and do it. And he did it. And he still lives a very blessed life. He's blessed by the Lord. Yes, he lived a blessed life um, in his own right. But you know what? He followed God's will for his life. And I feel like that that's something we need to, we need to think about. We may have too much pride to be vulnerable. We may have too much pride to mess up in front of people. We might have too much pride to do a task that we feel is beneath us. Amen. Sometimes cleaning the toilets is some, is the best ministry you can have, right? If you're not, if you won't stack chairs, why would somebody ask you to preach? Amen. Too much pride to do a task we feel is beneath us. We need to humble ourselves and always do our best to walk in humility, amen? James says that if we humble ourselves before the Lord, the Lord will lift us up. Ministry is becoming a servant. Jesus came to be a servant. As Christians, we're to, we're to mimic his life. We're to be like him. We always have to take a low place before God before he will give us a high place before man. You see, this account was recorded in three of the four Gospels, but no writer more clearly captured the true heart of Jesus Christ than Mark. Mark records that after this man told Jesus that he'd followed all the commandments, that Jesus looked at him with a genuine love for him. The other two Gospels did not say that he looked at, he looked at this rich man with love like this. Mark clearly captures the heart of Jesus. And so this is a pivotal point in the story. Jesus always looks at us with genuine love. No matter where we're at in our life, you see it's our choice as to how we respond to the love of Jesus, amen? It's our choice as to how we respond to the love of Jesus. As I said, this man could have dealt with fear. But the answer to fear is love. And it says in 1 John 4, perfect love casts out all fear. This man had sin in his heart. But 1 Peter 4 says that love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. This man could have had pride because he didn't respond to the love that Jesus had for him. But James 4 says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Amen. But I've got good 
news for you this morning. I'm here to tell you that no matter how deep the pit you are in, that you have dug for yourself, no matter how far you feel like you are away from God, the love of God can bring you out. His arm is not too short. His love is deep enough to pull you out of the deepest pit. And if you're listening to me today, it's all a matter of, will I accept the love that Jesus had offered on the cross? Will I accept the love that Jesus was offering this rich young ruler? It's because of the love that the, the father put a ring on the finger and a robe on the back of the prodigal son. It's because of God's love that separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. It's because of God's love that our sins are cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Amen. It's because of God's love that he sent his son Jesus to shed his blood on a Roman cross to bring hope to you and me. Amen. It's because of God's love that he raised his son Jesus from the dead on the the third day. And it's because of the very same love that Jesus showed to this rich man and this rich young ruler that we have hope of spending eternity with him. Amen? What about it, my friend? What about it? If you're watching today, I'd like to challenge you to examine your heart, to ask yourself, what is the one more thing in my life that's keeping me from God's perfect will? What is the one more thing that's keeping me out of what God has for me? What is the perfect, what is the one more thing that's keeping me from accepting the call that Jesus has given me? And if you don't know what God has called you to do, then Christian, I, I just, I, I implore you just to be spending time and asking, Lord, what is it that you've called me to do? Because we're all called. We all have a purpose. He's got a plan for each and every one of us. And listen, he's called you. So my friend, what is it? What is the one more thing in my life that's keeping me from serving God with my whole heart? What's keeping me from his perfect will? Maybe you're watching today and you walked away from the Lord. I'm here to tell you that his arm is just not too short. His love is deep enough to draw you back to himself, amen? Right where you're at, just call upon the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for I'm a sinner. Bring me back to right relationship with you. I've walked away from you and I'm ready to get serious about my walk with you. Maybe you're watching today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never made him your Lord and Savior Today is the day of salvation. Romans 2, 4 says that it's God's goodness and kindness that leads us to repentance. If you've never made him the Lord of your life, now is your chance to say, Lord, be a part of my life. Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life. Forgive me. Bring me out of this place that I've gotten myself into. Amen. I accept the sacrifice that Jesus has given on the cross. I want to live for you. If you cry out to God and you mean it, church, you seek him with all of your heart. The word says that he'll, he will hear from heaven. I just want to just say that I believe that someone's out there watching today. You might feel like you're lost. You might feel like I've gone way too far. You might ask yourself, how many chances would the Lord give me? How many chances would he give me to accept his call? You know, his grace is sufficient for us and he is good. And if you've been running from the Lord, you've been running away from what he's called you to do. You've been running away from living the life, living a life of holiness that he's called you to, turning away and repenting from your sin. You might be, called, you might be thinking that, you know what, how many, how many chances is God going to give me? I'm going to pray today, and I'm just going to ask uh, that you pray with me. Lord, we just pray today. We ask, Lord, Father, God, that you would be with us here today. God, as we sit here, Lord, Father God, today we ask, Lord, that you would just be with us. 
Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move, Lord Father. God, upon the hearts of those who are watching today. God, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, today. God, I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here, God, under the sound of my voice that's watching, that's tuned in today, God, I pray that if they do not know you as their Lord and Savior, Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would begin to seek after you, Lord Father. God, that they would, that they would search, with, search for you with all their heart, Lord Father. God, and I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would be the Lord of their lives, God. God, that you would bring them out of the wreckage, Lord Father, that, might have, that their life might have turned into, Lord. God, I just pray, Lord, for them today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move and speak to them, Lord Father. God, we just thank you, Lord, today.